G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. We are talking the NBA trade deadline part two, winners and losers. Let's go. open. Chicago with the lead. Bryant. Not a game. Not a game. We talking about practice. LeBron James with no record for human life. And he's G'day and welcome back to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Sports Ethos. My name is Mitch Casey and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys NBA and on Instagram at Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball. Uh, joined once again by Calamac, the guru himself. How are you, man? Um, yes, doing doing very well, Mitchy. Big day for us, as you know. Big day for us. So we've broken up our, our fantasy uh, trade deadline takes into two podcasts because there's so much to talk about. So um, let's get stuck straight into it. If you want to hear all of our ads, our drops, uh, players we're watching, how things shake out, and also just our general takes on the NBA trade deadline in general, uh, listen to our previous podcast or video on YouTube. I'll leave a link up here that you can check it out. Uh, make sure you give that video a like and give this video a like as well um, and let's get stuck into it we're talking winners and losers let's start positive let's start with the winners um, I want to throw my guy out there who I did say a couple of podcasts ago that I think he is a buy low candidate and I'm feeling pretty good about that now uh, De'Aaron Fox I think is going to have a big finish to this end of the season and uh, I'm hoping that you guys if you had him on your roster you stuck it out um, I'm expecting some big things coming from Darren Fox this finish the season. Are you as enthusiastic as I am, Cal? I am. I am just as enthusiastic. Yes. Um, I know he was one of your guys. Yeah, he was. And, I, um, and unfortunately, and, so. Well, you've been apologizing for it the I whole know. season, but but here we are. The trade has happened. Um, they've given him um, all the keys, pretty much like what they have done previously. But with Halliburton gone now, he will be running the show, and he will be putting up, I think, similar stats to what he's done previously, and the kind of 25 points a game. Um, I, I've always said that this guy reminds me a lot of um, kind of prime John Wall when he was running the court when Halliburton before Halliburton's kind of step up into the league. But with him now, I think him and Sabonis um, can be a good kind of pick and pop, pick and roll combination. It's just more finding shooters around him. Um, but regardless, um, huge win. Huge yeah. win, uh, Deion Fox. He looks motivated. He looks like he's playing fast, which is like uh, this team, can I say, I, I watched that that game against Minnesota. This team is terrible defensively they they are they they cannot stop the ball so what that means and it's a good thing for fantasy points because they're going to have to put up some points if they're going to win games and they're trying to win games so they're going to be getting up and down the court um you know they won 132 to 119 against Minnesota the other day so 132 points uh in their first game together uh that's that's pretty good and um, I, I can see the chemistry already there with him and Sabonis, so I do like it. Um, I, I would love to see if you're someone who uh, unfortunately listened to me in the preseason and have has Fox on your roster. Uh, let us know in the comments, uh, and uh, hopefully you stuck fast. Uh, like me, he's on my dynasty roster, so uh, let's get excited together. Let us know if you have him on your roster, because... Uh, I'm expecting big things and, and a bit of a similar finish to what we had at the end of last year, uh, I think, is coming uh, for Darren Fox. Let's go to the other side of that trade. 
Miles Turner, uh, this was one of your calls, actually. You were, you were saying, let's buy a lower Miles Turner. Uh, I was a bit worried about the injury, but uh, he stayed over in Indiana. He seems excited that Sabonis is gone now, and he's going to get more offense. So, um, well done, Cal. I, I, I doubted you, but I won't ever again. Uh, I think he's a big winner here, as, assuming he comes back and plays. Yep, yeah, that's true. Um, there is, I guess, some risk that they could just go for a full tank. Um, I, feel, I think they won't. They, I think they will just try and start some new lineups, see how it feels with Miles Turner there. Cause he's, he's young anyway. You might as well see what fits around him. Yeah. Um, but the offense will definitely um, be more migrated towards him now. I think he's going to get more shots. Um, he will probably get more rebounds of Sabonis out of the mix as well. So it's just going to be a huge net positive all round. Um, even the injury itself, I was kind of thinking they were, they were leaving um, probably tell him to take his time just because yeah. he could be traded um, and they didn't want to, do anything any worse, but yeah. now it's confirmed. He's on the roster. Sabonis is gone. He is definitely a huge winner. Yeah, he's definitely going to see an increase in his rebounds and his points per game, uh, which have always been a bit of an issue with him in terms of like big men stats. Obviously, he gives you the blocks and he gives you good threes from that position. Percentages are pretty good as well, uh, but you know his weaknesses are definitely going to improve without uh, a player like Sabonis there next to him. I'm um, just reading the, the some reports have been saying that he's back early March which is starting to get a bit close towards fantasy playoffs. So, you know, hopefully you can still hold on to him for as long as you can. He, he probably is someone who is going to be a second-round player, really, to finish the season if he can get back and play his full allotment of minutes. Uh, that's how I would be evaluating him moving forward on a per-game basis. So hopefully you can hold on to him for that long. Uh, so we've got a bit of time to see how the rest of the roster shakes out, but... Uh, when he does come back, or if he does come back, he's going to be a big winner. Let's talk about uh, Yusuf Nurkic and what is left over there in the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, only he and his teammates, who I also think is a big winner, uh, let's group them together, Anthony Simons. They're the remaining starters left on this roster in Portland, and I think that they're going to be seeing a lot of usage. Um, Nurkic is always going to get a lot of rebounds like he has. Uh, Simons is sorry. Yeah, Simons is going to get a lot of threes, a lot of assists. So I think those two are big winners with a lot of players moving out of that team. Uh, do you agree? Uh, I do, and they've both been playing really well recently yeah. as well. And I, I just think it's just going to be maintained for the rest of the season now. Yeah. Um. In the in the past month, you got Nurkic putting up a crazy seventeen and twelve, uh, about three assists with a block and a steal. Um. So good field goals, well fifty two percent. Um. He's really been hurting you in free throw percentage. That yeah, has yeah. always been something that is pretty consistent. Um, so that's something and turnovers to too. He's gonna. He's a big man that racks up a lot of turnovers for that position. That's true. Yeah, it, it is those two. Yeah, turnovers and free throw. Unfortunately, that are hurting. And and you got Simmons, who's just been killing it. Um, honestly, ever since he's slid into that starting lineup. Yeah. Um, almost four three pointers a game. Crazy um, eh? over the past month, and that, that's going with twenty points and five and a half assists. Um, everything else. I mean, the free throws are pretty good, I guess. Um, for two two and a half percent uh, attempts on eighty percent, but. Um, he, he's been putting together a pretty good package and, and now that I guess they're going in tank mode. Um, yeah, Simmons is definitely Simons. Sorry. is definitely, yeah. um, a, a huge winner. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Simmons is also a huge winner cause he's actually going to start getting paid now. He's going to play on the uh, play on the court now, <laughs> but yeah, Simons is also a winner as well. So, uh, I think just watch his field goal percentage. I think with him being maybe like the main focal point of offense that will take a bit of a hit. So be wary that he's definitely suited more towards a punt field goal percentage team, or if you can withstand a bit of a hit there, cause I don't think that he's going to, 
You know, I think his 44% from the field is going to come down a little bit closer to 40, in my opinion. But he'll still have the threes, the volume of points and assists there as well, and good free throw percentage, which uh, hopefully will be enough benefit for your team. Let's go on to the next guys outside of this. So I'm gonna we're going to head over to the James Harden trade and the winners from this trade from a fantasy point of view. I think Matisse Thibel is a bit of a winner uh, because obviously... They got rid of a few of their other players in um, Seth Curry was a big one that that left. Uh, Andre Drummond, obviously. Uh, but also the fact that they're getting James Harden back in, who is uh, notoriously horrible on defense. So someone like a Matisse Thibel, they're going to need to play him with James Harden a lot of the time to sort of help him out on that side of the court. Uh, so I see his minutes being very safe around that 30-plus per game. And so steals, blocks... Uh, you know what he does. He's not going to give you points. That's not going to change, but he's going to be putting up a lot of a lot of stocks, as they say in the business. Uh, are you, do you think he's someone that needs to be on rosters at this point, Cal, or, or are you happy to take a wait-and-see approach? Um, I actually think he should be added. I, I think he's a big winner. He should yeah, slot cool. into the starting lineup, and, and people do kind of sleep on the steals and blocks that he yeah. has put up. Even in the past month, uh, 1.7 steals and 1.1 blocks mix of your point six turnovers which also is a fantasy stat when you care about turnovers it is um he, he's been the 107th ranked guy um and, and i feel like he will get a bump in minutes and and with those i guess the steals is elite that's just worth earning right yeah. there and when it comes to good blocks good turnovers reasonable field goal uh, he definitely yeah. is a guy worth earning yeah yeah he definitely is uh probably more on that like specialist side of things like if you don't need like if you're punting blocks or punting steals or whatever like obviously you don't need him but most teams do need steals it's one of those swing categories that we do say a lot uh that that teams do need so um he probably is worth rostering and you could definitely do worse than having a Matisse Thibault in your team especially if you are punting points or if you're doing really well in that that kind of category already so um, on the other side of things I think obviously Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are winners as much as they can be assuming that we do can't get Durant back in time for fantasy playoffs um, Kyrie Irving obviously he's a winner like per game he's going to be better I think but he's still someone who I would be trying to trade as much as possible because I don't think his uh, vaccination status is changing uh, would you agree with that assessment yeah, I would. Um, Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant, when he, when he was healthy, yeah. he was a first-round pick, um, and, and that should be maintained, obviously, yeah. with Harden gone. Curry Irving, I guess you'd expect some of the assists to potentially go up, but on a per-game basis, he's still being a, a beast, and I guess what you're paying for in good percentages for a guard, and he's still been averaging five-and-a-half assists anyway, uh, which is kind of consistent throughout his career. Yeah. So um, it, it is, um, yeah, with him and Ben Simmons, I, I honestly think it's a match made in heaven. I guess these guys... Um, it's it's one of those things that never played a whole lot with James Harden, so yeah. it's hard to really assess those three. Um, but with Ben Simmons, I think it's a good fit, and and they should really maintain the sets they've been putting up. Yeah, they'll pretty much have the same amount of chemistry with Ben Simmons as they did with James Harden because they, they haven't really <laughs> played much together. So yeah, uh, yeah I agree. With you. I, I love the fit. I think it's going to be uh, a bit more enjoyable to watch in uh, Brooklyn. Personally, I think they're going to play a much more exciting brand of basketball with James Harden out of the. Out of the picture. Uh, let's talk about a guy who I've just been so impressed with this season, DeJounte Murray. I think he's a, a winner again because um, the only other real good guard in their backcourt, uh, Derek White, is out of the picture. Uh, obviously, DeJounte Murray is already, already the 10th best player in fantasy uh, at the moment, so he's going to continue to be that. Um, but I think that it's just another level of a bit more usage, uh, you know, a bit more ball in his hands uh, moving forward. He's definitely the one and only primary playmaker on this team. So, um, just lock him in. Where, my question to you, a bit out of the box, but where are you comfortable drafting DeJounte Murray next year? Is is he a first-rounder? 
Um, I think a late first rounder, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think he is. He's their future. He's been playing every game and, and he's been consistent throughout the whole season and he's an all star. So he, yeah, I, I, you been, can't really fold him. He's been so good. I think he's like a, a early second to me just because like there might be some regression coming back with those steals. But even You can still, build so much around him, which is oh, kind of like why yeah, I yeah. like him as well. It, it, he, he suits like some good builds. So you can get him and yeah. go with a punt threes, free throw build and, and get maybe yeah. a go bear. You can punt points, yeah. punt threes. Yeah, um, there's, there's a lot you can do and punt the field goal when you get your guard at yeah. the first spot. So, so, yeah. so I think he's a big winner this season and obviously moving forward as well, uh, depending on what they do in the, the, the offseason. But obviously, I don't think they're moving to Zonte Murray. Uh, I think I've got uh, Christoph Porzingis on this list here because he's a winner if he comes back because he goes from being the second option on the Dallas Mavericks team to clearly as this roster is constructed, he'd be the number one option on this team. However, I am a bit worried and concerned about his shutdown potential. He is obviously chronically injured all the time. Um, they didn't give up a lot to get him, so they don't feel the need or pressure to play him a lot of minutes. They're trying to tank, obviously, Beal's out uh, for the rest of the season. So he's a, a winner, but he also might be a big loser as well. So just keep that in mind. If you are able to sell high on Kristaps Pazingas and he comes back and he plays a few games, I probably would because uh, uh, I'm putting him on shutdown watch. Would you yeah, agree? He's probably Did... the biggest candidate yeah. for a shutdown watch for me. Uh, the news of Bradley Beal being out for the season, th- that is why he is such a big winner on this with the trade and and that news. that He should be the number one option. But um, yeah, definitely shutdown watch uh, for Chris Tubbs. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think yeah. Be, be careful with that one. And if, if, you can, if you can get some good value back for him, I, I would pull the trigger. And, yeah, and I've, I've been trying to trade it. I, I'd honestly just be trying to trade him. I'd, I'd be pretty yeah. worried. And you could use the hype of him becoming a number one option to potentially yeah. get rid of him. Yeah, you could. You could spin that narrative if, if possible. If you, um, you know, have some players who are, uh, or players in your, in your league that are a bit more optimistic about his return to the game. Uh, and of course, all the winners we highlighted that are on your waiver wire uh, in our previous show on the ads and drops show. So make sure you check that one out for a more extensive list of players that are obviously gaining value enough for you to pick up off your waiver wire. Let's move on to some losers. Get a bit negative here, Cal. Uh, we did talk about this guy last time, but I just want to double down just to really rub salt in the wound of, of your fantasy <laughs> roster. But Rashawn Holmes is, uh, is probably one of the biggest losers in this fantasy dead, uh, trade deadline, period. Uh, player, obviously, we all drafted him. Uh, he was someone who was ranked fairly highly in the preseason. It's just a shame to see him fall so far from what he was last season, which uh, which does suck. So uh, keep your chin up there, high cow. <laughs> yeah, it, it does hurt. Um, for a guy with preseason ranked 35, who's been a letdown in general yeah. this season, he's um, down to 98, which is pr- pretty bad um, from, from last season. And be- being benched, um, I, I did say, look, I'm going to hold on to him for the next few games. If he is consistently on that bench, then yeah. I'm just going to have to let him go, unfortunately. There'll be better players out there to pick up. I would agree. I, like I, His upside is too high for you to just outright cut straight away after one game sample size of what's going on. Look, I see a world where they can place a bonus and him together, but if that's not what they're going to do, then you can't hold him. So um, just just make sure you're certain that he's coming off the bench before you drop him. Uh, let's talk about a few other guys we haven't talked about in our previous pod. Chris Duarte, I think, is a bit of a loser with uh, Buddy Heald, Tyrese Halliburton um, coming over in that trade. Um, you know, Duarte obviously was their young piece that they're going to quote-unquote build around, even though he's older than a lot of other guys um, that they might already have on this roster. 
um, for example, Goga Padatse. But he he loses out with a lot more guard and wing depth on this team. Um, he was also a bit of a borderline player to have on your roster anyway. Look, I don't think he's a straight-up drop, but it wouldn't surprise me if in a few games' time you, you, you're dropping him um, for someone else on your waiver. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. Um, at this point, yes. Um, there, there were some people that obviously did get traded in the Indiana, Indiana uh, trade as well, like your, your Jeremy Lambs. Um, yeah. So it, it, it's a bit of a retooling. Um, so I did say it's a bit hesitant um, just to see where it takes you. I wouldn't be dropping him. Not yet, just I think yet, he still no. is probably worth owning, um, but to see how the lineup does tend to go. Um, and, and as we know, that Indiana team probably is looking to, to more tank anyway. So, yeah, so maybe Buddy... inclined to give him the minutes. Yeah, maybe Buddy doesn't play that much. Like, who knows? I mean, th- th- apparently there was people trying to trade for Buddy, so I don't know if they weren't going to play him, why they didn't trade him just the deadline anyway. So that kind of tells me that they do want to play him a bit. And I think you want to play Tyrese Halliburton, at least to start and getting used to with some of those other players. They're bad enough as it is. They're going to lose games. But we'll see. We'll see. Like I said, I wouldn't drop him just yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if he turns into a droppable player. Um, uh, also another loser on the same team, Malcolm Brogdon. Obviously, Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, same sort of thing. He's another person who I've got serious shutdown watch on um, with his uh, current injury and uh, maybe future phantom injuries that pop up. Would you think that he's a shutdown watch for you as well? Um, yeah, look, whenever you see the word Achilles, yeah. um, sore right Achilles um, for a tanking team, yeah. Definitely the top of my list. For abort, a, abort a for sure. Yeah, if you can sell high, like if he comes back and plays, you know, a couple of games, like it probably is hard right now. But if he comes back and plays a couple of games, I'd be, I'd be trying to make a trade before your trade deadline and your fantasy league comes. So uh, see if you can. Another couple of guys over on the Clippers now: Marcus Morris Senior and uh, Robert Covington. I think are both losers with just a few guys there now in Clippers. They're, they've got a lot of. A lot of players of the same kind of level of talent that I think they're going to continue to take minutes and usage off each other. Batum's there, Covington, Marcus Morris is there. You've got Luke Kennard there. Um, you've obviously got um, uh, a few other guys in the backcourt as well that, that all are vying for shots and minutes. So uh, I think that those guys are losers. Probably not drops just yet, but again, similar to Duarte, I wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if they turn into drops pretty soon. Yeah, it, it's a weird, uh, weird roster now. They have so many of the the similar players and Covington, Powell, Batum, yeah, um, Canard, Marcus Morris. Um, it's just yeah, coffee it's, as well. There's all yeah. these small forwards. They all play small forwards. Terrence Mann. I don't know how they're going to make it work. Yeah, Terrence Mann as well. It's such a it, weird roster. It's such a weird. Like I don't know how this rotation is going to go at all. Yeah, so like I guess for now, all of them are losers until yeah. we see who I guess is getting the consistent game time. Yeah. Yeah, and I, that's a question mark. I really just should put Clippers here. Like in terms yeah. of fantasy, all Clippers players are losers uh, from a fantasy perspective because I don't know, I don't know who is going to get the minutes and who's going to be putting up stats on this team just yet. So we'll wait and see how that all shakes out. From the uh, Philadelphia 76ers, I think there are a couple of losers here, especially a Tyrese Maxey, I think is a big loser, um, and Tobias Harris. I think both are going to use usage. Uh, Maxey's going to use. Uh, Ball handling responsibilities, so assists are going to drop as well. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on these uh, Philadelphia guys? Um, yeah, Maxi is is a loser. Obviously, James Harden demands a lot of the ball. Sadly, um, they probably will stagger them a bit and have yeah. Maxi probably starting, but also um, running a bit of that that six man unit. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. Um, but regardless, I, I do think overall he will be a loser. Um, sadly. 
Um, Joel Embiid, a bit of a loser too. Um, I hate to say it because he is on my team. Yeah. Um, he's been killing it recently. He's, he's gone up to about the fifth or sixth pick in the um, overall. So um, it, you'll have to keep an eye on him, see how the how it works with James yeah. Harden. But the thing is, yeah, James Harden is let so many threes fly, um, and, and that's just a lot of possessions. Joel Embiid won't be touching yeah. the ball. Yeah, he has the ball in his hands a lot. Maybe they run a bit more pick and roll, which you don't see Embiid do a whole lot of. Um, you know, so... You know, you can't do anything about it. Like, you just got to cop that Embiid's probably not going to be the number five overall player. But he's still going to be a first-round guy, I think. Like, I wouldn't worry too much about it. You just got to sort of see see how it all shakes out. Uh, on the net side of things, I think that Seth Curry is probably the biggest loser and probably Patrick Mills, uh, Patty Mills, the Aussie legend. I think uh, Patty Mills, I'm pretty I'm pretty happy if you go ahead and drop him and add someone else. Seth Curry I wouldn't drop just yet, but he again like a lot of these other guys, I wouldn't shock me if he turns into someone who could be droppable as his like main thing is just the threes. I see the points dropping on a team like this obviously with a few superstars um on the team, but We'll see, because obviously you've got you've got um, Curry over in and out of the lineup, but just in general the talent level and the 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 shot taking on this team is higher than than that of the Philadelphia seventy sixes. Yeah, and it's worth mentioning him and Joel Embiid had a great chemistry, and yeah. and Seth Curry got a and, lot of these shots up, and they um, needed his shooting on that team. Whereas in Brooklyn, they've got other guys that can do that. Um, I, I still think they probably need his shooting, and, and he will yeah. get minutes. But I think yeah, usage will be down. He's not going to put up four assists a game. Um, that's definitely coming down, and and um, I expect his points to take yeah, a bit of a hit minutes. too. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would definitely agree. Let's move on to the uh, Marcus Smart. Sorry, the Derek White trade, which I do think is going to affect Marcus Smart. So I'm listing both Marcus Smart and Derek White uh, from the Celtics. Who, by the way, I think that's a great trade for my Celtics as well. Probably doesn't push us anywhere close to getting a getting you know close to the championship, but I, I like the trade for the Celtics, so g- good job, uh, Brad Stevens. Uh, but anyway, uh, I think both of them are slight losers, nothing too dramatic, but I think just you know going from a situation in San Antonio where there wasn't many other options on offense and ball handlers uh, to a team like the Celtics where you know the ball's in Tatum and Brown's hands a lot uh, and Marcus Smart there. Uh, he's still going to bring it on the defensive end. Both of these players will, uh, so there will still be value there. Uh, both lower field goal percentage kind of guys, so keep that in mind. But um, I think that they'll be okay, but uh, a small hit in value. Are, are you more worried than I am about these guys, or what are your thoughts? Um, uh, yeah, I think they'll both just take a slight hit. So they're definitely both losers. Um, this is a shame. Like Marcus Smart has been playing quite well recently. Yeah. Um, you, you might even find that maybe Derek White gets more of the um, ball handling, but I still feel like he's putting up 5.6 assists right now. I don't really see that going up. Um, so I, I just think that both probably uh, a loser at this point, sadly. Yeah, yeah, I, I would definitely agree. Um, but I wouldn't be doing anything crazy and dropping any of these guys or or anything like that. And the last guy I do want to touch on uh, from the Spencer Dinwiddie trade as a result, I think Jalen Brunson is a bit of a loser because you've got you've got him coming over, um, and I think that there's just more help in the backcourt there. Uh, you know, you could say someone like a Tim Hardaway Jr. is also a loser, although he's probably someone you didn't shouldn't have on your roster anyway. Um, but I think Brunson, who's had a terrific season so far, um, just takes a bit of a hit in terms of minutes, usage, and maybe the assists as well because uh, Spencer Dinwiddie is going to affect that uh, negatively. Even with Porzingis going, I think that um, someone like a Dorian Finney-Smith is probably going to be the one that benefits more from that than Brunson is negatively affected by the Dinwiddie acquisition. Do you see it the same way? Um, I, I think he's a. I, I see him more of as like a possible 
loser. Um, we'll see how it shapes out just because he's been in the starting lineup. He's been putting up great numbers. Oh, he's playing well. Um, maybe they decide as Spencer Dinwiddie come more off the bench um, as a sixth man. Yeah. Still yet to be determined um, just because they've been quite good defensively this season yeah. as well. So, um, look, it, it looks like it could be a bit of a loser, but to be confirmed um, in my mind, he, he might maintain it. Yeah, I think I think it's more of like that Marcus Smart, Derek White kind of loser, where it's just a small hit. I don't think he's going to be become someone that's going to be droppable. I'd still have him on your roster. Um, just to be honest, in 77% of leagues, you know, probably should even be a bit higher. But um, yeah, I think that he probably takes just a little, little slight hit in this thing. But I would definitely still hold on to him. Well, that will do it today, guys. We've talked a whole lot over these last two podcasts about the NBA trade deadline. I'm sure there's going to be more things that we haven't covered that come to fruition. So just keep your eyes on a few of these players, on a few of these teams. Um, watch some of these rotations play out. And, and there's usually a bit of a period now where there's some weird lineup. It's a bit of a mini, like, silly season that happens before between the trade deadline and the and the All-Star break. Um, we'll see how things sort of pan out. Um, but if you have any questions, drop it below in the comments on YouTube. Hit us up on Twitter. Everyone who was following me on Twitter this morning got all of this stuff uh, hot off the press. So they were in the know a lot quicker than if you weren't following me on Twitter. So make sure you do that. Um, make sure that if you can like the video, give it a big thumbs up, make sure you're subscribed and hit that notification bell. So when our videos drop, you get notified and you can get the information as fast as possible. We'll see you next time. Bye.